All right, Eyes Up Guardians, we are live for episode 84 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is Saturday, the 29th, and this is not your Destiny bad boy, not Ryan Fox. He is currently out. Uh, him and his family are, are changing homes. They decided uh, to upgrade, side grade. I don't know. I don't know specifics, but uh, he, he wanted a new pad, and that's what he did, so he's busy doing that. Um, but I'm joined here with Mr. Jarrett. Yeah, moving is one of the most stressful things you can do in life, and um, I think he is going to upgrade, so it's good for him. I think he's actually going to have a spot set up to just to game and do podcasting and stuff. So good for him, um, you know. But me and Chad will hold it down, and uh, we'll, we'll tune you into what you need to know this week. Yeah, we're we're definitely a little late. We all had uh, had things going, zons happening uh, throughout the throughout the Thursday Friday cycle here. So um, we're here today. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Be sure to subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe. You know, the Ryan spiel there. Uh, click the bell, turn on notifications, all that fun stuff. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Send us Bungie friend requests if you want to join us for, for raids and stuff like that. We do have a raid we're going to talk about this podcast, so definitely be in here for that, at least for next season. Uh, join our Discord server, and uh, without further ado, let's get to our intro music with from our favorite link, Link of Time. All right, everyone. Uh, we did have a, a decent twelve that dropped on Thursday. Uh, before we get into it, um, let's just have a like. Uh, if you if you pray for, or just send thoughts to, or just hope somebody gets better. This is uh, Mara Yonot. Is that how you pronounce that last name? I'm not sure I, for I that. I have no clue. But she is the English voice for Icora Ray. Um, she was in the ER. And um, she was hospitalized. So uh, positive vibes. Anything you want to send her way. Uh, it is at Mara J-U-N-O-T on Twitter. Boo. It is Halloween week on Destiny. And it wouldn't be Halloween week without some Destiny coming coming through in the TWAB. So you have somebody tw- dressing up and they basically became Telesto. They also have somebody dressed up became the dark side or Darth Vader when he's got his helmet ripped off on episode six and also the pyramid guardian. Now, if you're tuned in to Reddit and some of the stuff happening on Twitter, the person that posted this, uh, this Vader ripped it off somebody that did it two years ago and it got featured. So it was kind of a rich, rich hunt on Reddit and stuff like that, that, that happened. And, um, my guess is they're taking the emblem away from this person and restoring it to the person that created it uh, two years ago. <clears throat> so, uh, Chad, have you dressed up uh, your character to make him look like anything special in game or you know, a certain mask you've been attached to? I've been very much attached to uh, to the blueberry mask because uh, any mistakes I make, I'm just pointing at the mask mm-hmm. and. They they seem to they seem to agree even though my my seasonal score is or is over two hundred um, they still see the blueberry and they're like oh okay yeah, it's whatever yeah um, but uh, no I haven't I haven't made everything else blue yet or round I guess I could with uh, the what was it spire of stars the the beetle armor that turns you gigantic the titans mm. where you just get big and round yeah yeah I guess I could do that and just make it blue look like a blueberry. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the one from uh, Willy Wonka, remember when she oh, eats the? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could do that. Uh, Violet, you're turning Violet for ones that uh, uh remember that back in the day. Uh, I'm right there with you. The blueberry mask has been my favorite. I even um got a little sweaty and played a little trials today. I got to that mm-hmm. point in the season, but also had to do the seasonal challenge. So like, as like some extra XP and stuff like that, and weeds regrets going away. 
So I was like, I gotta just give myself a couple more chances with that weapon. And um, you know, I had to rock the blue bay mask because like I'm fish out of water. That's not where I belong. I rocked my PVE disciple slayer title and um but the blue bay mask was just like I know I'm not supposed to be here. And I was gonna let anybody else know that <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um next up is Deep Stone Crafting. So um, with the reprisal of raids and being part of weekly rotators, Bungie wants to give us a little something extra to go in to do those raids if we've already completed them in the past. And for us, Chad, I mean, we've completed this title. We got eyes of tomorrow, and we actually finished this raid flawlessly and got the shader also. So when it comes to going back to this raid, there's actually zero for us to do in this raid. Uh, but now, starting next season, all the weapons are going to be craftable. So at the end of every encounter, encounter there's a chance that a weapon is going to drop as a deep sight uh, weapon. So um, they're not just going to make these weapons craftable, they're also updating the perks that can drop on them. So they're looking at some stuff like the Heritage Shotgun. It can get Reconstruction Focus Fury. Posterity hand cannon will be able to get like Volt with Rampage, and the trustee can get Rapid Hit and Incandescent. So, Chad, how are you feeling about um, Bungie redoing uh, their the weapon rolls or the weapons and what need to get back into this content? I mean, it's definitely cool. Um, they're they're giving these um, even though they have very specific raid perks for this one. I think this is one of the last raids that did that. Um, they're giving them the the King's Fall treatment where they're giving you like Volt Shot and Rampage. Like that's definitely interesting. And then because we're getting reconstruction, recombination, and redirection on those weapons, there's going to be an enhanced version of those too. Uh, so there's a reason to get your uh, reconstruction shotgun and give it another perk because it's it's going to be um, it's going to be enhanceable. Yeah. And that's great. I mean that's that's the whole reason we run uh, enhanced linears from. Uh, from Val mm-hmm. because it's it's the enhanced perks are, are just better enough to make the deeps worth it. And it's it's better than the adept versions at the moment. So that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm definitely happy that they added like things like Volshot and Incandescent into into the loop pulls for that for enhancing. Um because it gives me something to do again in there. And uh, I have I I know a good group of guys that don't have the eyes of tomorrow yet even Mm, and it's going to okay. be grindable. You can literally yeah. sit there on the boss and just hit it over and over again until they get it and uh, hopefully get enough red red borders of the guns you want and, and and craft something and start leveling it. Yeah, so that's the week that it, it is a rotating raid is when you can farm encounters. And um, farming encounters like farming 8-tracks is probably going to be the number one farm because that is where the sniper and the shotgun drop. So I think those two are like priority one and two for me. And then number three is going to be this hand cannon posterity. Um, being able to, cre- to create that weapon with the, the perks that I want, with like flared magware with a reload masterwork, and then Volstrat and Rampage together, that's a pretty dang good 180. doesn't get much better than that uh, for a PvE 180. So that's going to be fun to, to play with. And then um, Enhanced Incandescent is, is really big on creating explosions because without it, you need four kills in a, in a horde um, with an enhanced, you only need three kills to make stuff start bursting because you're applying 35 incand- uh, scorch at that point with the enhanced compared to 30. So uh, that's huge. Now, Fox isn't here. We can probably ask this opinion next, but I can already see him. He's like, we did everything for this raid. We shouldn't have to go back in there and get five red borders and stuff before we start crafting. And I think that's something I agree with, but it kind of leads us into lightfall crafting and some issues that the community has and then what uh, Bungie's plans to improve weapon crafting. So before we, I get on my soapbox about red border frames, let's see what they have to say. So these are some of the points they would like to address. Decipher weapons are far too common, and it leads to some confusion uh, over the value and vault stress. So new players are seeing a red border drop like, cool, I need to get this done to unlock the frame. However, they find out 
that weapon is not craftable. And then also um, more seasoned players store those red borders to use as currency later on. And when they start like really ramping up and, and putting those enhanced perks on, you really eat into that currency quite fast. And then these type weapons must be equipped to f- full currency extraction, causing friction with loadouts. And I just I hate getting some of these weapons. I just hate the well on them, but I know I have to use them to uh, to get the currency and to get that stuff unlocked. And it's just like it's a suboptimal way to play. Data would not be be proud of me. So uh, it's, just, it's 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 you know I feel the pain for you all out there grinding those out for for your for the currency. Um, next, farming surge is the most efficient method of leveling a weapon, and I hate that, but I've been in there and I've done that too. So while this can be fun for some, it's tedious and provides no useful benefits to the player or the encounter because you can't sell that encounter without doing some pretty sketchy stuff, which they probably patched by now. Um, and there's also no methods for increasing weapons level outside of equipping it, which is just another major pain point in this. Um, so this is what their goals are. They're going to reduce deep site wet weapon hoarding um, to in- induce alternate ways to earn deep site currencies. And then also reduce bad luck in weapon recipe unlocking, provide opportunities within the crafting system to allow users to uh, deterministically choose what weapon to target. And then next is reduce loadout stress, reduce the player incentives to equip sub optimal uh, deep site for crafted weapons, and then improve the value of weapon rewards for master rates that is mentioned a couple of twelves ago, but um, like the lightfall raid adept weapons will have access to enhanced perks. So, Jad, how are you feeling about crafting now? And is some of your pain points getting answered here? Um, well, unlike I guess everybody, if if I bank a deep sight weapon, I won't do it until like something like Team Scorch is on, because then I can equip weapons and it don't matter. You can just play the game, shoot rockets at people, and then all your weapons are getting leveled up or whatever, or completed for for the red borders. Um, for the most part, I play enough that I see a red border and I just immediately dismantle it. I don't care if it's one third of the value. I really don't. It should be um, give you full 300 regardless of when you do it, but you can only complete a red border if it's a craftable weapon. Mm-hmm. And that's when it ge- it should give you like 500 for completing it. Like it, there's, there's, it's, it's dumb. It doesn't, it's, it's unnecessary. Um, and just the, the five, the five red borders per gun for everything is horrible. It's horrendous, dude. I'm still trying to get the fusion rifle from a season ago, and I'm going to be going into life all still trying to get a dungeon fusion rifle from the second season of the last year. Like it's, it's unreal. I, (laughs) I haven't completed either of the red borders from that dungeon. And I played yeah. a lot of it when it came out. And then after the change, I'm like, great. People are already burnt out on this dungeon and nobody wants to play it anymore. And, it, you know, I'll get people in there every once in a while to, to play it when it's uh, the weekly so they can get a pinnacle or whatever. But like mm-hmm. it's late in the season. People don't care about pennies anymore. So like I got to solo it, I guess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. It's it's. It's not a fun thing to do. I don't like Shirochi either. I'll do it because it's efficient. And that's that's the way Big Mama Dado wants it. Um, but I want to play the game and level up my stuff, man. I want to make it better by playing the game, not sitting there and like three strikes later, I gain one level on a gun. It's like, bro, that's a horrible. That's three strikes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a half hour to 40 minutes of my day for one level. I don't want to do that, man. Like I, <laughs> yeah, like I really agree. Like, um, I'm still like trying to get a seasonal weapon up to level 20. I'm almost there. I have the uh, the linear fusion uh, spy spyglass or whatever it is. Yeah. Almost there. So I think it's at 19. But still, like I've like been using it for like three weeks now, and it's just now getting up there. I just feel like that's a little excessive. Um, and I think that you know some of this harder things you do. Like I was using it. 
and grandmasters. I'll use it in nightfalls. Um, and I was even equipping it whenever I was like doing random crucible things. I just feel like it just, when I turn in bounties, the weapons I have on, they should go up in, uh, in some experience too. I feel like that would go a long way in helping a lot of this. Hell yeah, dog. You remember, um, in D1, uh, we had, uh, the, the essence, the modes of light. Yeah. They gave you XP, but they gave you XP for anything that has XP, like a leveling system. Mm -hmm. So you could equip all of your guns and armor that you haven't leveled yet that you need to, and just click moats until everything gets maxed out so that you can equip all the stats and, and, uh, and all the perks you wanted. Another pain point, activate that system again. Yeah, exactly. And then another thing is like, if you're at like 99% on the weapon level, like say you're level three and it's at 99%, you complete an activity. It only jumps it up to level four and then stops. Like if you're supposed to get 15%, that leftover 14% goes nowhere. It doesn't go onto the, to the weapon. So like, I think they need to fix that part too. Yep. That's not how XP systems work in almost any game I've ever played. Yeah. If you get an overage, as long as it's not the max level, it, it keeps going like you get, Oh, level up ding, 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 ding. And then it stops. Like it doesn't just go, Hey, you needed one XP. Here's 50. Here's the one. Now that XP is, is gone because you're, you're leveling. It's like, you're bro. Come on. Come on, man. It don't, nothing works that way. Another thing, getting five frames for some of these weapons is, is ridiculous when it's oh. old content. So like dares of eternity weapons, that is too much. I mean, there's six weapons to go back and get. I know one of them only requires one with the other half, but good luck getting but, it. Yeah, but still, like that—that's too much for for content that's two years old. Like we already did everything in Deepstone Crypt. There's nothing left for us in there besides now these these weapons. So, like whenever they replies these things, they should only be require three frames to get away with this five. Like I understand five for dungeon and raid weapons even though in my opinion dungeon and raid weapons should never be craftable but i have to live in the world that what the way bungie sees it yeah i mean the the true dungeon weapons uh from uh oh my gosh from last season the duality the true dungeon weapons are not craftable yeah it's only the um the the opulence weapons that are craftable, which is like that's fine, you know. Yeah. They already are set up that way. But the ones with like the neat perks or the weird frames are not craftable. So it's like okay, the dungeon exclusive stuff, like the real dungeon stuff they made for just this, is not craftable at all. And then the adept raid guns are not craftable at all. The fix for that that they're doing obviously is adept weapons drop with enhanced perks and it's like that should have you should have already done that that should have been an obvious thing because obviously the only upside it has versus a crafted weapon is that you can put adept mods on it and it gets an extra plus two to every stat when you master work mm-hmm. it and that's literally it that's the only bonus people are like i don't care about plus two handling i have enhanced everything else on my other gun i'm good and it's like yeah i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent you don't have to grind something if you can build the gun you want and it's and it's like it's the perks are better but the stats are just a tiny smidge below an adapt gun it's like who cares yeah give them enhanced perks dude yeah of course yeah that makes sense all right next up is uh stadia and um rip ip so if you're only playing on stadia um, as you probably already know, it's getting shut down by Google. And so as long as so for you not to lose access to your characters by January 18th, you have to set up cross save with another account. Uh, so therefore with Bungie.net, so you wouldn't lose any of your progress or your players. Um, you know, Stadia has been pretty nice for like on the go gaming here or there, here or there for things. Also, there's a lot of bots out there that save checkpoints through Stadia. We'll be losing those on January 18th. Uh, man, it's, it's, it sucks to see a platform go away, but hopefully this opens the door for something else to, to come along. All right, next up is Bungie Bounties. So if you know what this is, basically Bungie puts out uh, some content creators that you can go basically... Sh- intentionally stream snipe their game 
to get in and complete the activity or win the match. And then you get a special bounty uh, to go after. Now, this usually brings out the absolute worst in this community, in the in the Twitch chats and stuff that goes on. So it's not only going to be in Crucible PvP. There's going to be other parts of the game that you can get into. So that's Vanguard Ops, Catch Crash, Haunted Lost Sectors, uh, Control. are all going to be Gambit things that you can get in there and play. So And the TWAB has got times and days that these people will be playing will be playing on so um you know pc and console lobbies are split so make sure you pay attention to that um you know gambit and control are 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 split so um i'm looking at somebody's going to be playing gambit on wednesday november 2nd but it's going to be on pc so you won't get on and play against them if you're in console unless you join somebody else's team that is the, the that is on pc um, I'm looking through here. I'm looking at the control and who's going to be on PC during that time. And um, there's one here. If I can find his name, there's Nomad at 1 p.m. Pacific, November 3rd. Now that's a Thursday. Um, you tune into his stream on that day. You might see some of the sweatiest control games that's ever been played. If you If you get on during that time. Um, good luck to you trying to get this bungee bounty done. I've never got one done. Have you, have you Chad? Never, ever. Mm-mm. So also, um, if you know these streamers, you, you know how relevant, um, connection based, uh, stuff is sometimes. So if you're in their region, you're more likely to get matched compared to not. And that is mainly it, uh, for the TWAM. Uh, a lot of Halloween theme stuff going on. So if you've out there and you've painted a pumpkin, created some art, make sure you tweet at Destiny and I uh, use the hashtag Festival of the Lost and you might get featured and you might get a special emblem for for it. All right. <clears throat> that that's it for the twelve, and that brings us to likes and dislikes. So this week, you're just getting two apiece from me and Chad. And uh, Chad, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? All right. Well, uh, my like is that I am glad there's going to be more reasons to play older raids. Uh, Like Jared said, it is kind of sad that it's the only way to get us who've done everything in a specific raid back is to make craftable guns. But um, I obviously have homies that haven't done the title or done any challenges whatsoever in that entire raid. And when it's the rotator, all challenges are active. So we're going to be able to go through it a couple times, teach them the raid, get them really comfortable with it. And then I'm going to be able to be like, Hey, let's try a challenge. Let's try the opening door challenge. Let's try this challenge. Let's make this, let's make this game a little harder. Let's do this. Let's do that. And, uh, the whole time we're all going to be benefiting by getting the craftable guns. And since they haven't really played this raid, I think they've gone through two clears total and completely mm. um they're gonna be it's they're not like us where we already have our purchased recombination redirection shotgun or sniper mm-hmm. or whatever so they're like oh nice red borders red borders and we're gonna be like yeah yeah i don't already have these rolls but i'm i'm happy i'm able to craft it anyway and get rolls that are that i couldn't get beforehand um but it, it makes me it makes me happy because as of right now for like last wish and stuff they're like well let's uh let's let's just let's let's see if we can get a boss checkpoint for the pinnacle it's like yeah i get it mm-hmm. yeah you know they don't really care about the challenges because they don't really benefit them in any way so having um a bunch of red borders it's like yeah let's do as many challenges or whatever as we can mm-hmm. so we can get as many drops as possible as quickly as possible it's like heck yeah man let's have a sunday raid day where we're just in that raid and it doesn't even matter you don't have to switch characters or nothing you can go in with a full team and just slam the whole raid over and over again and then hit at tracks for like three hours until everybody gets full shotgun and snipes mm-hmm. and then uh and then hit the boss for uh for eyes of tomorrow until everybody gets it and, and all that fun stuff it's gonna be it's gonna be just a blast and i'm excited all right my like was the extra xp and trials this weekend um as i mentioned start of the show i played some games you know i'm talking about i think i played baby 10 um and i picked up the card where after you win three games you get that fourth win for free 
because uh, I'm just going for XP, just going for the rank ups, just buying some Reads Regrets before they go away. Haven't got a vol yet that I'm looking for. I might put in a few more games tomorrow, not resetting the card, just again, just, just playing out with uh, trying to win rounds and every now and then winning game. And um, so I like that. I like the extra XP. It's, a, it's like I wouldn't have got in there this weekend if it wasn't for the extra X, XP. So um, I was going to start that. Uh, my dislike this week is the meta right now <laughs> in PvP. Um, I didn't know that there are so many people that love using Rat King. And I've seen a lot of that. It just amazes me. And, man, I feel like the TTK for Rat King is like 0.6. Not to mention somebody else is like on your team using it too. If you're getting all headshots, it's it's pretty nuts and uh, unfun to play against. And there's still some sus stuff going on because I went in Viz on totally the opposite side of the map, never pinged radar, and as soon as I peeked the corner, all three of the other team were staring at me. So there's definitely some walling still going on. I feel like in this game, so. It's fine. Like I didn't expect to win. We're gonna beat that team anyways. But that's a it's PVP meta. This ain't it. Well, I might have to hit trials this weekend uh, once I use up my uh, my uh, how many how many pages do you get per trials a game? Um, five maybe. I don't recall. Yeah, I think I did see five. It might not be five every time, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, for a triumph and or for a seasonal challenge and for mm-hmm. you know for a bunch of rep, it's why not? Yeah, if you're just going in for it, who cares? Um, but now I know to go in with Rat King. Um, all right. So my dislike for for uh, this week is having more red border guns to chase without any real protection. <laughs> uh, they talked about it for Lightfall. Um, but next season we're not getting a raid; we're getting a dungeon. Um, and so they're they're beautifying or bringing up uh deep stone to kind of mitigate that um because like like i said earlier i don't think they're making dungeon weapons craftable like actual dungeon weapons so the only reason we're going to be going into the dungeon is to get the drops we want and then bounce out but uh deep stone is going to be like on the weeks that it rotates in only deep stone is going to be what's happening for the first like two for the first time it pops up for sure um So, you know, if it's if it's five of each, I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to be beyond annoyed, but I'm going to be with a group of guys that don't have eyes of tomorrow yet and other stuff. So I'm like, OK, well, you know, at least someone's benefiting from us pounding our heads against the wall over and over again. They're going to be having a blast and I'm going to be annoyed for a little while until I see all my red borders. But uh, at least they're looking at the protection for the future, um, even if it's not next season. Uh, the raids are going to stick around after that. So if you don't want to do it next season, just wait till life all drops and then you can do it then. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still, it, it sucks. Like I said, I still have a bunch of red borders from last season that I just can't get to drop no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of, uh, of, uh, dares and I still, I'm, I'm like that, that sword doesn't exist. It done. The purple sword don't exist. I have one and it <laughs> I don't know how I tore a hole in reality and pulled it from some other reality and grabbed it. But uh, I, I ain't getting it. I think it took me 80 chests almost or just over 80 chests just to get the, the one purple one I got. And I luckily it has eager edge. I don't even know what the other stuff is. I saw eager edge and I'm like, cool, <laughs> great. But uh, yeah, no, the, the no protection is, is horrible and it's really really off-putting to someone who just doesn't have any rng like me all right uh no weapons broke down this week gambling corner is to continue on with the same old stuff none of us have gotten touched the mouse yet and we got like a month left of the season you know three weeks or so so um we might get it done before this we still haven't ran glass way together yet um yeah so now it's up for half baked takes and Chad, is this yours on here? This is mine on here, dog. Okay. Okay. Um, I I'm a big proponent of uh, of custom games. Uh, it's something that I did a lot in my Halo Three days, obviously with uh, the zombies mode. That was a ton of fun. Uh, but when Halo Reach rolled around, I had a squad of people. We got sixteen sweaty teenage dudes in one big square living room with 
three TVs and a projector all back to back to back to back playing a custom map that I made just for zombies. And it's like a big, big box with a house in one corner. And it was, it was a blast, dude. It was, it was a solid 17 hour play session with these dudes where we're just going to town and having fun playing games, switching from zombies to, to capture the flag. And it's just four Xboxes land together, just having a ton of fun. And it was great. I love custom modes. And we had a clan night once or twice, and they've always been a fun time. Everybody melee only or only an exotic this or that, or only this and, and, and it's just, it's fun, but we have to make those limitations ourselves, um, in destiny. So I think for like, uh, gambit and crucible, they need to spice up the custom game modes. They don't give us any rep. So there's really no reason not to give us modifiers that, that we can activate regardless of what it is like having a gambit match for a clan night where mayhem's active or making it so that heavy drops way more significantly and then or making it no invades just who can kill everything faster and then or just buff up like have grenadier on steroids active have have the melee one active turn on your modifiers man like have grounded going on but also have airborne like let me pick all those modifiers let me just boop, 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 and do that for gambit and then same thing for crucible man like let me go hey only hive swords everybody spawns in we have hive swords or pseudo zombies dog one guy starts with a hive sword everybody else is on the map he's invisible he runs at you he kills you you spawn in with a hive sword yeah they get 200 percent movement speed just make us like give me access to stuff it's custom modes. We're not going to be grinding XP. We're not going to be grinding rep. You can't. You literally can't do anything. So there's no reason not to make it like a little labs mode where we can do a bunch of nonsense and just have fun. You know what I mean? That'd be a lot of fun. Um, like even if they somehow was able to open up the maps a little bit, we can make little little tweaks or stuff to the maps and maybe just like you know, add a little bit of structure here or there. It's something like, just like make people flow in a certain way or create some kind of fort. Like you could have Tower of Power again. I remember playing that all the time in Halo, playing Tower of Power back in Halo 2 days for custom. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun, Chad. I don't know what it takes for them to open those things up. I've, I've something like when you go in there, just like have another tab to toggle and add modifiers. I feel like that's something that they should easily be able to do in this game, but you know, I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. maybe they're just too busy making up these other two or three games they're working on, and they just don't really care about custom games. Because I mean, we we know they can toggle them based on how they they rotate around and how they've they've switched them before, where they said, "Hey, uh, we turned this this one off and, and made it this modifier." Um, but if they make them like the skulls, where you just pull up a list and you just activate all these ones. Um, then you're good, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, again, we're not programmers. We don't know how they're programmed into the game. Yeah. We don't know if they're tied to specific things or not. So I don't know. I don't know anything. I just think it'd be fun. Um, yeah. It'd be a fun way to do it. All right, Chad. Um, time for lore. And um, I think we'll between st- stolen stars again. Oh, yeah, we are. We're going back into it. Going into chapter five, Credible Threat. Crow leaned against a wooden stool in the dark interior of the ether tank, listening to Spider's wet snores as he dozed fitfully in his chair. It was the small hours of the morning, and the Elixni quarter was quiet aside from the low chattering of the scattered Elixni guards and the electric hum of Spider's gaudy signage. Crow had slipped easily into the empty bar. Crow had carefully stuck a knife into the stool beside him, perfectly placed so that Spider would see it when he woke. Spider coughed slowly. Crow looked at the big elixir and he took a measured breath and saw him plainly as someone sleeping alone in a city of enemies. He looked around the tawdry interior of the bar decorated with what scrap Spider had managed to bring as he fled the shore for the safety of the last city, where he now survived on the charity of Drifter and Mistrax alone. Crow shook his head with a smile and pulled the knife from the stool before sliding it into his sheath. He was at the doorway before he heard a fizzling noise behind him. Glint materialized in midair. What are you doing? 
Crow hissed, but the ghost was already zipping towards Spider. Hey, Glint yelled. The spider snorted himself awake. Glint increased his lights to a dazzling gleam and hovered aggressively before Spider's face. The elixir recoiled and raised his arms, but Glint wove between them like an angry bee. Crow may be too nice to send you a message, he shouted, but I'm not. What? Spider managed before he erupted in a fit of confused coughing. We're watching you, Glint snarled, his voice quivering with tension. And if you step out of line, so help me, I'll deal with you myself. Spider caught his breath and sat motionless as the ghost fluttered furiously before him. And don't, Glint lurched forward and booped himself against the spider's faceplate with, face with a thunk. You. Crow covered his mouth as Glint delivered another ludicrous bonk. The elixir blinked, too shocked to react. Forget it. Glint shouted, his voice breaking. He whirled his shell defiantly before transmatting away, plunging Spider into darkness once more. Crow was still laughing as the pair approached the lift to the tower. Glint hung sheepishly in the, in the air. I'm sorry, Glint said. I guess I didn't have to do that. Actually, Crow replied, reaching up to scratch his friend's shell. I think you did. Chapter 6. Hand to Hand St. Fourteen and Lord Shack stood shoulder to shoulder outside the ether tank, Spider's establishment in the Elixir Quarter. They were kitted out with full armor and a close quarters arsenal. Shaxon holstered his sidearm and confirmed that the clip was full. Saint stared at the bar's entrance and slowly spun the cylinder of his hand cannon with a methodical click, click, click. They glanced at each other and shared a nod. They were ready for trouble. When the Titans stepped through the saloon doors, the whole crowd froze. The Guardians towered above their seated patrons, their helmeted heads the blank visages of death. They slowly stalked the perimeter of the room, moving to opposite directions, optimizing their fields of fire, prioritizing their targets. The humans in the room slowly crept forward toward the exit, and once clear of the doorway, bolted into the night. The elixir edged their many hands towards wire rifles and arc spears. There was a moment of silence before the coming storm. A short time later, disarray filled the room. Elixir lay strewn across the floor. Dregs cowered behind the bar. In the center of chaos stood three wretches facing off against Saint-14. His fist crackled with arc energy. The wretches approached in a line, holding hands to create a chain. Then slowly, solemnly, the two wretches on either end reached out in unison and grabbed Saint's fist. The wretches' cloth wrapping sizzled and the lenses of their helmets flared as the arc energy coursed through them. However, they did not break contact, and the circuits remained intact. From a nearby table, Shax's massive voice rang out. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Saint let his light ebb, and the wretches staggered backwards. There was a moment of silence before Shax boomed, and the winner is the Skiff Blades. Halsix, a vandal in service to the Guardian, leapt into the arms of the wretches, and the four of them bounced up and down in jubilation, and Elixni lying on the floor feebly lifted their upper arms in celebration. The next round, Shax continued, is on the great titan, the Violet King, the Saint. Saint-14 nodded grudgingly to the dreg behind the bar who was peering over the edge in apprehension. Any Elixni who could still walk began mobbing the bar for a concoction at the titan's expense. Halsix approached Saint and tapped at his metal breastplate playfully. He drummed a complex polyrhythm and chittered excitedly. Yes, you're welcome, Saint replied dourly, but don't get used to it. I will not fall for the same scheme again. Today we'll live in infamy, Shax declared. Clapped Saint on the back. The day of the hero of six fronts was bested by three wretches and eight liters of rot gut. Saint harumphed. This is why I prefer pigeons to people, he muttered. Chapter 7, Salvation The data pad hit the tiled floor with a sharp crack as it slipped from Ido's shaking hands. Jumping to her feet, she scrambled to pick it up, inspected it hurriedly for damage. Her shoulders slumped slightly as her eyes landed on a thin fracture across its face. Ido took a breath, ether hissing through her rebreather. It didn't calm her. She stood within one of the half-ruined rooms of the Elixir Quarter. Privacy was a luxury in this place. Ido took it where she could. Now staring at her data pad, she was even more grateful for the quiet. Aramis had heard Ida recording her scribe's logs. What else had Aramis intercepted? 
All of House Light's communications, the petitions to the city for supplies, the transactions for the ether tank, her father's instructions to his people. I don't knew that this wasn't possible or shouldn't be. But her scribe's logs were unencrypted. She realized now how naive that had been. She took another breath. Ido had reached out to Aramis before calling for Elixni unity and did not think she would receive a reply. But now she knew that Aramis had listened. The Kel had reached out in turn when Aramis interrupted her scribe's log. There had been pain in her voice. A pain Ido had never known. A pain, she realized, her father had tried to keep from her. Ido, Mr. X said, appearing at the threshold of the door. His voice was gentle, but Ido flinched nonetheless as her thoughts broke apart. It was worse somehow hearing him speak gently. She turned over the cracked data pad as if to hide what had just transpired. Yes, Miss Rexkel, she answered too clipped. He bowed his head. Ido stared at her father's silhouette offset by the crumbling building. Silence hung between them for too long a moment. The Guardian has returned, he said, eyes averted. We have collected another relic. Even now, there was so much unsaid. A relic of Nezarek, she finished flatly for him. He had known since the beginning. He had known and he had lied, while Aramis had not turned her away from the truth. Mistrax said nothing. Ido had been insulted and hurt, and she knew deep down he would not apologize for any of it. I will study it once more, I am, once I am finished with my scribe's log, Ido said. She turned away from him, and soon her father's footsteps faded. She looked back to the datapad as if Aramis would speak to her again now that Mr. Exkel had left, but there was nothing. Ido sighed, her thoughts still racing. Aramis had said she could not turn away from violence or her vengeance. Ido did not believe that. She could not believe it. The violence was not the Kel's spirit. Ido had to find the part of Aramis that did not rage at the past. Ido had to show the Kel of darkness, a future. Silently, the scribe of House Light began piecing together the coordinates to the next hideout herself. Chapter 8. Here Always The console went dark. The message had ended. Aramis knew there would not be another. Come home, Aramis. Aramis closed her eyes. The words settled into the Kel's thoughts. They were heavy, sharp. She felt herself bleed with them. She had begged for death in the moment that Misrax's blades were at her throat, and his mercy was deeper wound than any. It was reopened now by the kindness of a child. Aramis remembered her home. Her home was Reese, devastated by the great machine. Her home was Athris, her mate sleeping in a ship long departed from this system. Her home was her hatchlings at her mate's side. Aramis remembered watching them grow and molt, how they chittered their delight and looked to her with their wide, luminous eyes. She would give her house to see those eyes again, but the brightness she had seen in Ido's eyes was a wide, blinding terror, not only of the hive, of her. Come home, Aramis. Aramis lived. She lived and she knew what the Elixir had lost. The dream of New Reese was delicate and beautiful. Aramis had held it in her hands close to her chest for so long. She knew now that she had smothered it in all her violence. In all the death that followed her, she had curled her hands into fists. The dream of New Reese would have died with Ido. If she had been left to the hive, their putrid light. But Ido did not know Reese, and neither did her father. They could look beyond that loss. Come home, Aramis. Aramis knew she would never see anything but terror in another's eyes. Aramis knew that the Elixni would find a new home with Ido. Aramis knew there was no place for her in it. Now there's a couple of good stories in there. Uh, one is Crow seemingly forgiving Spider for what he did, and then Glint annoying the heck out of him afterward, which was great to me. Um, and another one is Saint losing to a bunch of Elixni. It was kind of like a electronic or electric arm wrestle, but uh, you know, he still lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Shaq's just being announcer for that cracked me up. Yeah. So, uh. 
There we oh, go. Man. Is there any more of that left over? Thank for you, this? Muted Um, I don't know how I'm muted. While Jared goes, trying to figure that out. Um, let's see here. I don't know why. He's <laughs> talking to me. Let me see. I'm here. I'm here. I don't. I see it, Chad. I'm going on Zencaster too. Do this. You should be good. All right. So. All right. So now what all we gotta do is the mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. We, you got questions? Yeah. It's got three of them. All right. Uh, now that all the 3.0 light classes have been uh, reworked, how do you feel? Uh, how How do you feel about them since they're where they where they settled? Um. Well, I think the light ones are in a good spot for where they are. If they added another super for the dark darkness for stasis that mm -hmm. would add it a little bit but uh it's weird because the light subclasses have an extra super but the the stasis subclass has more um fragments is it the fragments aspects. are the big boys not the more aspects yeah so they have more like build crafting behind them so i think um like they need to make us another super for stasis and then make more aspects for the light subclasses that's pretty cool. I mean, there's definitely um, really strong stuff out there. So, you know, Titan, Hot and Must Light with just about anything is amazing. Probably a nerf coming to that next season. Um, you know, Wellock is still great, even though the healing nade is not exactly what it used to be. Um, and then, you know, Invis Hunter, you know, he changed it up a little bit, but still, Invis Hunter is, is still great for GMs and, and so on and stuff. But I would have to say, like, the solar healing nade available on Hunter is amazing, and I really enjoy, really enjoyed that. So I, I really in, good job, Bungie. We making these light subclasses into a way that you can just lean into them and be DPS, be healer, be be shadow. All right, question two: uh, the playlists have gotten stale. What would you do to change them? Hmm. Um, I think, I think I've talked a little bit extensively on this one, um, with at least with the, like the Vanguard playlist where they need to be more, just more wild with the, the modifiers. Um, at least cause that would add, you know, like I said, it's not PVP, it's just PVE. So adding more crazy modifiers to it would just be more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as Gambit and PVP goes, more Gambit maps, even bringing back the old ones are fine. Um, except for the one on the take tangle chore. Cause that one's a nightmare and that one can go die in a hole. Um, and then just more focus on the PVP balancing, which I don't think is going to happen, but you know, yeah, a boy can dream. Um, for me, Chad, I think I, I want to go the opposite direction with strikes, like make them more like no modifiers whatsoever, but you're just 15 below light. And then you also, you can toggle it to be solo. You don't have to go in with the match, make anybody either. Um, Gambit and crucible kind of lump into the same thing here is that you need to have like selectable loadouts or selectable roles. So, um, and like, uh, like the days of the old callous raid and it's, um, that like, certain weeks it's like it's only hand cannon shotgun machine gun it's like that's the only only weapons you can use and stuff like that to where it's it's not if i going in with rockets or going in with izzy or whatever it is it's, like, it's just a way to change it up all right since desung crypt is getting its weapons craftable next season what raid uh would you want the weapons to become craftable next Ooh. um Last wish would definitely be neat, if only because they would have they have a bigger perk pool to rotate in. Mm -hmm. um, it obviously wouldn't happen until because next season would be DSC, and then we have 
another raid season and then the dungeon season after that. Um, so I, I next season is 19, 20. So 20 season 21, uh, add last wish, um, as it, and then, and then garden after that. Um, but last wish has the oldest perk pool because it's been around for so long. So they, they'd got a lot to, to add in because it's, it's, it has a solar bow, right? So it would yeah. be the only other option for an incandescent bow, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, adding incandescent to that would be neat. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that sniper too, that sniper kicks, dog. I like that sniper. So, um, yeah. adding some 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 new sniper perks to that. Like, I don't think it even had firing line back in that time. No. Yeah. So adding firing line to that, adding some some you know some the focus supremacy. fury. Like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it'd be fun. You could do some stuff in there. Ooh, wait, uh, the for, rocket's arc, right? Yeah. No, you can't no, do solar, one shot on a rocket. It's solar. Okay. Yeah, it's Apex Predator. Um, for me, it's going to be Vault of Glass. Shoot, sorry. Uh, Vault of Glass. Um, mainly because that's the weapons I use the most. That is, like I still nowadays, like, I would love to craft my perfect found, found verdict, which would probably result in that weapon getting a nerf or its pe- its uh, perks reworked. They probably will take opening shot off of it if they made it craftable, in my opinion, because it would be too good of a shotgun. So just watch that. You you heard it here first. Whenever they bring that back, they're probably gonna take opening shot away. <laughs> All right, that's okay. it. Yeah, that's a nice and short and sweet podcast. But there again, there wasn't a a big big twab, and mm-hmm. uh, so we get to we get to all of our points very quickly. Um, before I let Jared speak, um, remember to. Follow us on all relevant media. Follow us on Twitter. Go join our Discord. Send us some bungee friend requests. Uh, you know, we like to see people in. And like I said, next season, they're adding some Deep Stone Crypt stuff. So that's that's going to be getting us in there. And we'd like to get people in there that, that are in there for their first time or third, fourth, fifth time. And just want to get more, more, uh, more familiar with it so it can be... Because it's a really fun raid. I like it a lot. Um, but, uh, you know... It'll, it'll be fun to get more people in there. Um, if, if not learning, uh, just, you know, just having fun running for red borders, just talking, you know, having a good time. Yeah. So if you want to be on the a tracks farm, uh, when that first week it's available, like definitely get in on discord and hit us up, become Bungie friends because, um, that's what I'm going to be doing. And like, if you were on between like eight to 10 Eastern standard time, like I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing this first few, that first time in there. So, I'll get you in and we'll get to farming. All right. Love you guys.